Singing Dutchman Productions. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Doug's Front Porch. Today, it's just me in the studio here um, with a bonus episode for all of you. Of course, this is in November, and that means Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And I'm going to be perfectly honest that of all of the holidays that we celebrate here in the United States, as much as I love Christmas and I really enjoy Easter, Thanksgiving is the one that probably has the softest spot in my heart. And I thought I would take this opportunity, since it's my show and I can talk about anything I want to, to let all of you know what a typical Maidenford Thanksgiving is like. It's a very traditional observance, and it's also full of those traditions and and practices passed down from my Pennsylvania Dutch forefathers and foremothers. So allow me to take you through the day before Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving itself at Sunny Acre Farm, the farm where I grew up in beautiful Berks County, Pennsylvania. Everything really used to start as I was a kid on the day before Thanksgiving. Um, If we had school that day, I did not go. Um, We were allowed to stay home because the day before Thanksgiving was butchering day. As many of you know, growing up on the farm that I did, we always raised our own poultry. We raised meat chickens, and we raised chickens for for egg layers. And we also always raised a handful of turkeys, one for Thanksgiving, one for Christmas, and possibly one or two for friends of the family or neighbors. So that day, Wednesday, would start very early in the morning, before the sun rose, The iron kettle was full of water on a fire starting to come to a boil, and multiple pots of coffee had been brought out and down to the barn. The unlucky toms and hens would leave out their last few clucks, and in all honesty, our turkeys really only ever had one bad day in their life, but sadly, today, the day before Thanksgiving, was that day. The process of butchering is something that I wish every American had the opportunity to watch just to truly understand where your food comes from. A small farm where you have a farmer and a family that raise their animals lovingly, it's a, it's a wonderful process to see. You know exactly what those birds went through in the case of our turkeys, and I truly mean that they only ever had one bad day in their life. And the process of ending that day is quick. It's a quick kill, and the birds are passed then off to the pluckers, those of us whose job it was to pluck the feathers. As a little kid, I was one of those little pluckers, and ironically, some people today still call me a big plucker, but that's a story for another day. Once the feathers are all removed, the birds are then passed on to the next station where the insides are turned to the outside. And before you can whistle Dixie, the birds are cleaned and placed into stenners that are filled with cold water. At some point before 8 a.m. or around there, most likely the first fermented or distilled beverages might be passed around. Might be. (laughs) When all of that work is done, my father would always start what I think is his favorite part of the whole day, and that is the weighing in process. With a broad smile, the birds would be hoisted up and weighed, and that weight would then be called out. 32 pounds, 14 and a half pounds, etc. And all of us were always amazed at just how much these birds would grow in such a short time, getting them as little pults in the spring and by November. Heck, some years we had birds that dressed at, and I'm not lying, almost 40 pounds. Those were big turkeys. 
The rest of the day after all of that hard work is done is spent cleaning up and doing light prep work for the big meal the next day. As a child, that was done by my mother and my grandmother, who were always there helping with the butchering process. But as soon as the butchering was done, they made off for the kitchen where they might be preparing, I don't know, the pumpkin pie for the next day or just getting things ready for what was about to happen on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving morning, 5 a.m., out of bed. One of us were, whether it was my dad or my mom, and nowadays it's me, placing the bird into the oven. We Pennsylvania Dutch, at least my family, like to eat our Thanksgiving meal at noon, so the bird has to get cooking. Um, And the morning then is spent drinking multiple cups of coffee and preparing all of the side dishes that would be enjoyed that day. As you all probably know, because your kitchen is the same of ours, as the hours tick by that morning, the smell of that roasting turkey fills the kitchen and what a smell it's one of my favorite smells in the world um and it's one that if i think about it i can smell it even today as i'm recording this i can smell that kitchen full of roasting turkey so we in the pennsylvania dutch and my family in particular some of our side dishes of course we would be preparing pennsylvania dutch potato filling which for those of you that are not familiar with this dish is a mashed potato dish that has sautéed celery and onions that go into the potatoes when they're mashed, bread cubes, milk, and enough butter to fill a churn. It's all mixed together and then flash-baked to produce a nice brown crust. We would always have a pot of dried corn cooking on the stovetop. And again, for those of you not familiar with Pennsylvania Dutch food, dried corn is exactly what it sounds like, sweet corn that has been dried. And then you reconstitute it, cooking it in water, uh, and then once it's done, the water's drained, and then you add brown sugar, or at least our family, brown sugar, milk, butter, salt, pepper, and then you just keep adding those ingredients until you get it just to the right taste. A little sweet, a little bit salty, a little bit peppery. It's delicious. Some other vegetables, of course, will be on the table. We usually have some peas, maybe some lettuce with some hot bacon dressing, fresh bread, and as you are all aware, us Pennsylvania Dutch have this superstitious about having equal amounts of sweets and sours on the table in order to have a balanced table. So maybe we'll have apple butter and cottage cheese or some coleslaw that was fresh made. But the table sits full. And at some point, when everything's ready to go, someone will call out, Saitsuessa kumalbuva, which is Pennsylvania Dutch for uh, time to eat, let's go boys. And that table is now set with a hard work of yesterday, a bronze homegrown turkey, that warm potato filling, and all of those delicious sides. And of course, a big bowl of gravy. Who can forget that delicious homemade gravy made from the drippings from that roast turkey? Once we're all at the table, a heartfelt prayer of thanks is given at a table with humbled and gracious heads all bowed. Luckily for the last couple years, it was four generations of my family holding hands together as we meditated and as we continue to meditate on all that we have to be thankful for. Then it's schlock nye, a common Pennsylvania Dutch phrase to say when it's time to eat. All of you should start using that from now on. Schlock nye. It's great. (laughs) No one speaks. No time to. Have to concentrate on the task at hand. After a filling meal, someone will bring the pumpkin pie to the table made of course from pumpkins grown in our garden and when my grandmother made it and i continue this tradition it's been spiked to the hilt with rum 
a family tradition. A couple dollops of Cool Whip, and my goodness, as we say in Pennsylvania Dutch, I yama. Is it delicious? At this point, we've deli- we've devoured our turkey and, and all of the trimmings. We've had our dessert. It's time to help clean up. And then most of us will slink to various corners of the house to breathe. At some point, someone will break out games of Haas and Peffer, a traditional Pennsylvania Dutch card game. And the rest of the day will be spent with various board games and the occasional libation. Discussions about the upcoming trip to hunting camp for deer season will be had. And slowly the day will fade to evening, and that stereotypical Pennsylvania November moon will rise in the east, and another Thanksgiving is over. Another time to be with family is over. Another opportunity to make memories for years to come has come and gone. Another opportunity to carry on traditions that span centuries has come and gone. This Thanksgiving will be the first Thanksgiving since the passing of my maternal my paternal grandmother back in April. She was always a staple and a very important part of our Thanksgiving feast. She always made the pumpkin pie. She usually brought the coleslaw. And of course, her hands were in every aspect of the kitchen that morning, moving things, asking if I was doing things the way that they were supposed to be done, taste testing everything, adding salt, adding pepper, making sure to tell me that it wasn't quite right yet, but also all with a huge amount of love. In her words, it will be different this year. It's been 15 years since my mother has had a Thanksgiving and since we lost her to cancer in 2006. And that one has been slow to adjust to, but we have adjusted to it. But without grandmom there, This will be a tough Thanksgiving. Maybe some of you are going to be sitting at a table this Thanksgiving with empty chairs as well. Part of life. We move on. And this year when I make my pumpkin pie with my grandmother's recipe and I make the dried corn like my mom taught me how to make, I know that, yes, their chairs might be empty at the table, but they are there. They live on in the stories that we share, in the food that we eat, and in the bread that we break. To all of you out there, my dear listeners, who continually come back month after month to listen to this podcast, I wish you and all of your family and friends a blessed and joyous Thanksgiving, no matter where you are. I hope that it is full of delicious food, warm memories, and loving hearts. Till we talk again, be safe, stay healthy, and happy Thanksgiving.